0: Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I'm starting this morning for the next three Sundays a series. Uh, I'm calling it from, uh, I was inspired by Sister uh, Ione Brigley, she remembered a song we used to sing, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. So for the next three weeks, I'm going to tell you the story of Jesus. And today, I'm going to call it The First Christmas Present. The First Christmas Present. And I'd like you to stand again for just a moment. We're going to read two portions of Scripture. And then... I know what time it is. We have about 30 minutes and I'm going to move quickly through the scriptures today. But I want to read Genesis chapter 3, 7 through 11 and then verse 21. And then Luke 15, 21 through 24. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves then the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord god as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden And the Lord called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Verse 21, please. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. How many of you would like to get a coat for Christmas? This is the first Christmas present. He gave them coats to cover them, to take away their fear and shame. He gave them a coat. Would you please look at Luke 15, while you're standing, Luke chapter 15, verse 21. This is the story of the prodigal son. The son has returned home, and the son, speaking to the father, it says in verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. How many of you know know that Adam and Eve had sinned and They'd done wrong. Here's the boy saying, Father, I've done wrong. I'm not worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick. Everybody say quick. No, say it quick. Say it quick. Quick. Bring the best robe. What? Quick. Let's get the boy a coat. Bring the best robe. Put it on and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Lord, we thank you for this revelation this morning and ask your blessing now on this service and the rest of what is said. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. We will move quickly... Acts chapter 2, chapter 3 and 4. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse number 22. The Spirit of God has been poured out on the day of Pentecost. The second chapter records the events of that day. It was an incredible and powerful display of the presence of God. The people began to wonder what was happening as these folks were beginning to speak in tongues. They saw fire on their heads and there was this incredible sound of wind. And Peter begins to speak in Acts chapter 22, excuse me, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Peter said, you guys did this, but it was it was in God's plan. It was God's foreknowledge. God was working on this from the garden God was working on this chapter 3 please verse 17 and 18 now brothers I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all of the prophets saying that his Christ would suffer God spoke of it before it happened We call that prophecy. When God speaks of a thing and then brings it to pass, I don't know how many of you were listening closely to what Nate was saying, but he was preaching my sermon just a little while ago. And that is that God knows the end from the beginning. He says things now that are going to happen. If you can live by faith, if you can walk by faith, I'm prophesying, Nate was prophesying that God's got a plan for you. And even if you mess up, even if you blow it, he's going to call you in and cover you with his righteousness and call you back into a relationship with himself. How many of you have been called back a thousand times? Come on, how many of you have fallen more times than you can remember? And yet the Spirit of God, and every time you came back, he never embarrassed you. He never never did what the church said he was going to do. He covered you with a coat and took away your fear and your shame. Um, Hallelujah. This was the plan. The plan, the foreknowledge, the purpose of God. Chapter 4, verse 27, please. Chapter 4. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So I am telling you that God had a plan. God has a purpose. He had it before they did it, and when they did it, They did it out of ignorance. But God was working out what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to do this, that Christ would suffer. Everybody say suffer. Suffer. I don't want to talk about suffering. I don't like to suffer. I have suffered because of my own misjudgments. God hasn't brought suffering into my life. I suffer because of my own bad decisions. God gets me out. Somebody knows that's a truth, say amen. I get myself into a mess, and God gets me out. Hallelujah! My principles, my disciplines, my repentance, my sorrow for my madness did not get me out. I was drilling a hole and going deeper in my mess, but God reached down lower than the low and drew me out. My God, I mean, I've been a mess I'm a preacher, a pastor, and can't get it together. I don't understand why. You guys, I, I have chronic Lyme disease. I wish I could be healed. I will be healed. God will heal me of it. I've been bit three times and by a Lyme tick. And uh, I went through several regiments of uh, antibiotics to only be declared, you have chronic Lyme disease, you're never going to get over this. Several things manifest. One of them is extreme fatigue. And sometimes what they call brain fog. Sometimes I can't think, I can't remember my granddaughter's name. Just uh, a minute ago. I also suffer from seasonal depression disorder. Is there anybody here that when it gets to about winter, it gets starting dark early, you start feeling low? And then maybe maybe lower than low? Maybe like uncontrollably low? Like I hate the snow forever, God, low? Like send the snow to hell, they need it down there, low. So there's a war at times in my mind and in my spirit, Craig, because I feel the Spirit of God in so much life. And I, in a moment, in a moment, my thinking can go wrong. Right? Often, my thinking can go wrong. So I'm telling you today as your friend and your pastor, if it weren't for the Holy Ghost, if it weren't for the presence and the Spirit of God, There are times I can't pick myself up. I can't get my head right. I say I want to. Yesterday, I laid my hands on my chest and said, God, help me. Help me. I said to Terry this morning, I get high. I get filled with life when I think I'm going to church. When I think I'm going to go preach the word. So it's like he has to pick me up every Wednesday and every Sunday. But when I speak from the Spirit, people go, that was God. I tell you, last Wednesday night was the best Wednesday night of my life. God is at work. So I'm, I'm, I'm recognizing, listen, the difference between me and him. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord, because when I'm in trouble, you cover me with your righteousness. You cover me with yourself. It's not me, it's you, Lord. And maybe this is what it takes for me to get it. I don't know. I'm a stubborn guy. Amen, Terry? Amen. Well, hallelujah. I got an amen out of my wife this morning. So, Jesus is prophesied, purposed by God. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We're going to look at Isaiah. Two places, Isaiah 9 and 6. Please If I ever get really, if it sounds like I'm being curt, what I'm trying to do is move quickly. So I I, I hope I don't sound too forceful to you. But by God, turn your Bibles to Isaiah 9 fast. Isaiah 9 and 6. This is a prophecy. This is the plan of God unto us. A child is born. To us a son is given. Can I just thank God right now that it's not an angel, it's not a giant, it's a baby, that He's gonna come weak and low to make me understand that God works with the weakest and the lowest and the smallest. Oh God, I'm so glad you came as a man. Jesus, the revelation unto us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, not mine. I don't have to control this. He will be called Wonderful Counselor. When I'm in trouble, he'll talk to me. He's a Wonderful Counselor. He's the Mighty God. He's the everlasting father and the prince of peace. And it's not up to you and me. It's God said of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Don't be afraid of the Antichrist. Don't be afraid of the Democrats or the Republicans. Don't worry about Trump getting reelected or who else will be reelected. He is the government. There will be no end to his government he will reign on david's throne and over his kingdom and establishing upholding it with justice and everybody say righteousness, righteousness. shout righteousness everybody shout righteousness. righteousness from that time on and forever there's a region i'm having you shout righteousness i'll tell you now because the robe that you have is his righteousness not yours you are covered with his robe of a righteousness isaiah 53 please isaiah chapter 53 i'm talking now about prophecy I'm talking about prophecy. Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. Somebody just say the name of Jesus, would you? I'm talking about Jesus right now. I'm preaching Jesus. He had no beauty. Or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, there it is. I don't want to be I don't want sorrows. I don't want suffering. And a familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Somebody say, Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. My favorite verse, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Somebody say, Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. He will divide the spoils among the strong because he poured out his life unto death, was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, please. Speaking of him in those prophecies, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Here we are again, this idea of prophecy. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you like to thank God for the story of Jesus? Tell me the story of Jesus, the prophecies. Now let's talk about who he is because he is Emmanuel. Look at Colossians 1:15. Colossians chapter 1. I'm reading more verses today than I normally do. I'm establishing the story of Jesus on the scripture and I'm preaching to you that the coat that was given to Adam and the coat that was given to Eve were Christmas presents. They just didn't know it. It was pointing to Christ. Colossians 1.15 He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. The supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. And through Him, to reconcile to Himself. Through Jesus, God is going to reconcile all things to Himself. All things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 4. He is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as his authority, his name he has inherited, is superior to theirs. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the Son of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is our substitute. He is the offering that God planned. They killed him, but they were ignorant. They were doing the will of God. God... Chose. God planned for him to suffer. Hallelujah. 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 God chose that he would be the substitute. That he would suffer and die and I would not suffer and die. God chose that Jesus Christ would be the substitute for us. He who knew no sin would become sin for us. That the righteousness of God might be given to us through Christ. I tell you, it is not because of your Pentecostalism, your Catholicism, your Lutheranism. It is not because of your doctrine. It is not because of your belief or because of your faith. It is because Jesus Christ died, rose again, and has gone into the heavens for us that you have been covered by God. By God, you've been given a coat. To cover your sin, your failure, your shame, your pain. He came and gave you a coat. And it is, listen, they took the coat of Jesus and they bargained for it so they wouldn't tear it apart. And by the grace of God in the book of Revelation it says, we are given white robes. He He gave up his righteousness and gave us righteousness. It's not because of your goodness. It is not because of your discipline. It's not because you follow principles. It's because of what God has done that you have made right today. On the cross, Jesus Christ set everyone on earth right with God. On the cross, Jesus Christ set the whole world forever. Right with God. It's an act of God. I hate religion. I hate the results of religion in people's lives. I hate the fact that we've been bent over with the responsibility of religion. Bowed under the load. Jesus said to the Pharisees, You put pressure on these people, you load things on them, and you won't lift one of them with your little finger. We've been lied to so long that the gospel of Jesus Christ is fought. It's battled. The fact that God did a thing through Jesus Christ has been reduced to what you do. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. There are people that have said it. I've read books. I read it. I listen to them. But I don't think they mean it because they say after you're finished preaching, now you can come and receive forgiveness. You're forgiven before I preach. Somebody ought to shout. We talk about laying hands and people receiving the Holy Ghost. You had received his spirit. He poured out his spirit on all flesh. I think he pulled that off. I think he did what he said when John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, I'm screaming my head off. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I think he did that. I believe that. He gave me a coat. I was naked, I was ashamed, and I was afraid. And he gave me his own coat of righteousness. Merry Christmas to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't know how much more plain it can be than in Luke 15 when he says to the boy who comes back, the first thing he says, Quick! Get him the best robe. That's not a Pentecostal robe. That's Jesus. I got a good one for you, but he's got the best one. I'm asking you to peel off your religious coat and let Jesus give you the best coat, the greatest coat. Oh, my God. Bring the best robe and put it on him. That's What God Almighty the Father is saying right now. Bring the best robe. Preach Jesus, Mickey. And put Jesus on them. And I'll go home today feeling like I was giving people coats for Christmas. I know what you've been told we're we, I get it. I get religion, brother. I, I in case you think I'm a fool, I get it. I was lied to. It nearly crushed my spirit. I was nearly out of my mind trying to please God and I didn't realize that the coat was right there for me the whole time. Are you are you getting this? Are you having fun like I'm having fun? It's it's the first Christmas present. You say, "Well, Pastor, how can that be? Jesus wasn't born for four thousand years." Yeah. Oh, it was the. It was the Christmas present before Christmas. It was the coat that represented what was going to come. He was telling these people this all along. I, um, I, I just—I'll read one more verse to you. First Peter one, and then uh, it's almost straight up noon. I'll quit. First Peter one ten. 1 Peter, this is a wonderful verse, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, this is so great, concerning this salvation, the prophets, look up here just a moment. Do you understand that I've been talking to you and reading to you from the Old Testament prophets showing you that God Almighty had a plan and that plan was to bring Jesus, that he would suffer and die, that on the cross he would reconcile us all to God, that that covering, that righteousness that was his would be given to us freely, a gift. And it started in the garden. Do you understand that the coat, the covering, God started with a coat to cover them and he brought that to fulfillment in Jesus when Jesus if you will receive it will cover all of your transgressions cover all of your thinking help me when i'm negative when i'm depressed when i'm my brain is foggy when i can't feel when i can't taste when i don't know what in the hell's going on I just go, what, are you, what is happening to me? I'm in trouble here. And he covers me. He breathes on me. He protects me from myself. He saves me over and over and over. And he says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, but come into the promised land. Enter his rest. And Peter said concerning this salvation, are you mad because I said hell? over no, it. You're over it already? Good. The prophets who spoke of the grace. Everybody say grace. Let's look here, look here. The word grace means gift. These prophets were talking about the gift. Everybody say the coat. Turn around and say, tell somebody Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I know it's early. I know it's early. You're getting the coat. It's not Christmas yet. You're getting the coat before Christmas. This is the first Christmas present you're going to get. The prophets who spoke of the gift, the gift, the gift that was to come to you, they searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glory that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. They got it. The prophets went, this is not about us. This is about somebody that's coming later. That's you. The gift is coming. We're trying to figure it out, but it's for you. Somebody say me. Me, Merry Christmas to you. When that spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Look at this. Even angels would like to know about this. This is so great and so huge. The plan of God that he would reconcile the world. He started with Adam and Eve. Think of this. We got two people on the planet. And God gave coach to everybody on the planet. Ha! Every human being gets Jesus. Ha! Do you? Are you listening to me? There's only two of them. They represent everybody. We all know what Adam did, we all are part of Adam and Eve. That's us. We are. I am He. But God covered them all. That's you. You have been offered today righteousness as a gift. Not because of works. Lest any man should boast. But you're saved by grace. You're covered as a gift. Merry Christmas everybody. The first Christmas present was to cover our shame. To cover our guilt. And to let us rise up again and say, I've been reconciled to God by what God did. Merry Christmas. Okay, you can stand if you would, please. Whoo, glory, glory. When Zacchaeus was up in that tree, do you know what Jesus said? I have come to seek and to save the lost. Are you sick? Are you lost? Are you confused? Are you broken? Are you messed up by religion? Then Jesus showed up to save you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.